Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Are you a true mage at heart? Are you searching for a way to liven up the magic in your 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons games? Look no further than Thimbleton Inn Squire's Runic Compendium. This Kickstarter project brings you a brand new magic system in the form of rune casting, which offers greater risk and grander reward than traditional spells. Divided into languages instead of schools and using rune points instead of spell slots, rune casting ensures you're never without the magic you need with a vibrant new push your luck mechanic. This book features the runesmith, a standalone class along with 12 runic subclasses for the existing 5e classes, such as the rune singer bard and the leyline druid. Plus, it includes 35 monstrous creatures, over 70 runes with unique effects, and much, much more. Whether you're a D&D veteran or just starting out, the Runic Compendium is perfect for anyone looking to add both depth and flexibility to their Dungeons & Dragons campaign. So why wait? Back Thimbleton Inksquire's Runic Compendium on Kickstarter now, and raise the bar for magic in your world. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything TTRPGs. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Ben Dignan, also known as Diggy, from the Religion in the Realms podcast. Hi, Ben. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. And what are we talking about today, Ben? Today we're talking all about Lord, uh, excuse me, Ball, Lord of Murder. Awesome. Let's go. Hey, Brian. Hey, William. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm ready to talk about murder. Most we're talk- foul. <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot, of, about a lot of murder today. Uh, ben, it's great to podcast. have you on, man. Thanks for coming. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk all about that red rum. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, I guess this is a question for, for both of you guys, but can you guys guess the last time that we actually covered a deity on this show? I don't don't notes, you look at the so notes. Don't over. you look at the I notes. I can no longer guess. <laughs> Was it? I read them earlier. It's my fault. Uh-huh. Was the was it the episode on soon? No, that was no. close though. That was close. That you was really close. close. So it was actually it was Sylvanas the Oak Father, and that was a year ago. Oh that man, was a year ago. it's been so long. It was the fiends, man. What they have just we been doing. They just dominated the entire outer entity conversation I for the like, whole year. I feel like Atlas Xterra has been like on the burner for a little while. We did sit, sit, sit sigil sigil. I'm I'm not calling it that. <laughs> You don't get to name your plane after an actual word in the English language and then just then say it's pronounced seagull. <laughs> seagull. You know what? I'm on the same I'm I have the same opinion, William. It's Thank you. I don't get it. It makes no, no sense. It makes no sense. Besides, <laughs> sigil sounds better. It's, it's cool. almost like it's made up fantasy bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All right. Well, we are back at it again. And the DD of today's topic brings us back to the Forgotten Realms. And who better to assist us in shaking up this deific rust 
than a Forgotten Realms GED expert. That's right. I'm going to tell you all about it. And I lost my place in the notes. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to tell you all about the God of Murder, Bahal. Is it Bahal or is it Ball? Uh, so it's Ball. That's the only pronunciation I've ever seen. Mm. Now, I it's mean, a it's a big H. wide world, so I'm sure there's someone out there who says Bahal. So I'm sh- I'm sure you're in the you know you're in the right saying as, as much. Oh as no, we definitely got a YouTube pronunciation. We, we got somebody with hot keys because they just typed in Bahal or something like that. <laughs> Actually, like I said, I, I'm going to tell you guys about Bahal or Ball, and Diggy here is going to tell us everything that I got wrong and even more information that I don't have here about it. Perhaps fill in the gaps. I'm going to listen <laughs> and make comments. Yes. And make comments. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, I have a question for you, Ben. Um, I am not as up to date on Forgotten Realms timeline as I would like to be, and I swear to God that these Forgotten Realms DDs be dying and rising left and right. So is Bahal, Ball, still a god currently, or is he dead like Bane? Is Bane still dead? I don't even know. I'm honestly confused about Bane's status. I'm Bane. Presently, in Forgotten Realms, Ball is alive. Cool. But to say that he is still a god is... It's a complex topic. We might we, can, we might be we going over a that. year then on not having a god on this ep- on this show. <laughs> okay, well i I look forward to being enlightened on the complexity of the topic. Um, but you guys ready? Yeah, let's do this thing. All right. What is ball? So ball, yeah, God, I like Bahal better. It just sounds better. But ball, no, also known as Ninjushingampu among his Gugari worshippers, is the widely feared Lord of Murder, also known as the Dreadlord, and the Ferunian god of violence and ritualistic killing. Okay, so anytime you sack a goat, it's for... It's... No, he it's ritualistic murder, really. It has to be murder. Oh, okay. I don't think he's into killing goats. Is Julius Caesar's murder ritualistic? Or is that just like planned, like... Is that just like planned It was murder? premeditated. Yeah. It feels semi-ritualistic though right like it was something like, about it like we've yeah. all got knives and we're all gonna stab this dude i think he can, i think it. i think bahal would weigh into it he's way into the murder Julius he's like Caesar. that's real real close guys <laughs> you're some candles and a prayer to me away exactly okay yeah yeah he, he that he'd be all about that he's all about that pre- premeditated stuff so he, yeah absolutely okay absolutely good to know um he has three avatar forms the slayer the Ravager, and Kazgaroth. Uh, th- that means he shows up, like, in the flesh? Yeah. That, uh, or The whole Avatar thing is always a little confusing. Because their the bodies their bodies up in the, pl- the, the celestial, whatever plane this guy's Their from, essence. Yeah. The idea here is that, like, they don't really have a body because, like, they right. are Their being is extra planar, and their yes. avatars show up as, like... A physical you know. manifestation. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. This guy's got three. Nice. Um, the Slayer resembles a male humanoid corpse with a feral face. I think this means, like, animalistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ivory skin inset with deep lacerations that flow with black ichor. Ooh. Um, this is his... Okay, th- I love this. I just... I love that this is spelled out. This is his preferred form when projecting himself in urban areas. <laughs> As, like, a wolf man is what I'm yeah, imagining? This is When he goes to the city, this is how he dresses up. <laughs> Next up, we got the Ravager. Uh, it is a 30 feet tall monster. Or 9.1 meters. With a twisted, grimacing face that features a flowing beard and mane, seven foot. Or 2.1 meters. Long horns and eyes full of the flames of Gehenna. Nice. He prefers this form when visiting rural regions in Toril. <laughs> they can see my fiery eyes from yeah. down the road, miles away. Uh, and then lastly, Kazgaroth is a form, uh, simply a shape-shifting monstrosity is how it is described. Uh, no preferred location is given for this form. This okay. is his Saturday, I don't care form. <laughs> I can't decide. Guess I'm going Kaz. Ben, do you yeah, got so, anything on these forms? Yeah, so um, if you want to actually see an image of the Ravager, uh, on the last book of the Moonshay's novel series, you can actually look at uh, what his avatar, the Ravager, looks like. Uh, Kazgaroth was sort of a primordial being that Ball 
kind of invested with some power to bring back to the Moonshays. So long before Ball even kind of got into the Moonshays and had some machinations going on there, Kazgaroth was kind of, had caused a ruckus for the people out that way. Mm. So it's not really technically an avatar of Ball that's kind of been retconned. Oh, I see. It's more just a power he invested with some uh, of his divine essence to, you know, run amok in his name for a little while there. So you could you say that he kind of adopted it as his avatar? Yeah, he, he more kind of uh, adopted it and kind of made it seem like it was his, but it's not truly his. Gotcha. And it's, I'm look. Go ahead. Oh, it's tough because like it's just says shape shifting. It's just some shape shifting monstrosity. So like, what does that mean? He could just look like whatever. Or is it specifically... Uncle See, I've never read the book, so I can only go by what source materials tell me. Okay. Um, I, by the way, I'm looking at the cover of Darkwell. Is that the book you were talking about, Ben? Yeah. Okay, so it looks very something like a like a minotaurish, Baphomet-ish looking demon coming out of a well. Yeah, that's just that's just it, yeah. Cool. It looks, looks like a demon lord. Looks pretty scary. <laughs> so, um, okay. So there are these things called ball spawn or Bahal spawn. I, <laughs> it's better when you say Bahal instead it of ball certainly spawn. Certainly is, isn't it? Uh, they are essentially. Give me a second. Hey, don't worry about it, William. Just go with it. What's the worst right. going to happen? People are just going to call you out in the comments. That's probably how it's all going to happen. Is it better that I call them ball spawn? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> every most dudes have ball spawns, right? That's you like know, I never put that together. And now Here I'm just we are realizing it and like, mm. hey Ben, yep, welcome to the dungeon cast. Welcome, yeah, we, we've got ball spawns now. I'm gonna so, put that right up on the shelf um, next to Aster Eater. Yeah, a lot of Aster Eater talk lately. So, ball spawn are essentially just the mortal children of ball. Uh, I think the main thing that sets them apart, from my understanding, is from other demigod children, is that they look and seem very much like regular mortals of whatever species they happen to be. Um, and usually their divine status is unknown even to them. Uh, this divine power in them will sometimes grant them supernatural powers of differing kinds, but also usually has like a dark aspect to it where it tempts them into evil or, or into murder. You know? Murder. <laughs> uh, Most foul. Anyways, the reason that I bring up the ball spawn is uh, <laughs> balls, mortal ball spawn children can actually turn into... Uh, versions of these avatars we just talked about. Uh, these incarnations tend to be even more monstrous and inhumane in shape, acting as little more than powerful killing machines. While powerful, they are weaker than a true god's avatar. I mean, don't put them down. They sound way cooler than my ball spawns. <laughs> they're doing a lot. They, they are. They're doing a lot. <laughs> yeah, the whole ball spawn thing, it's uh, <laughs> essentially the major plot lines between Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur Baldur's Gate 2. And no you're way. playing... Yeah, your main character in those games is a ball spawn themselves. And, you know, oh. as you play those games, they come to learn that and how to deal with that kind of thing. Whether right. you're going to fall like... into the fell, is, fell essence of your divine father or if you're just going to, you know, put ignore your blood curdling rage. Right, right. That you're a ball spawn. <laughs> you're like mad yeah. about it. <laughs> I, I'd be mad about it. <laughs> I'd be super mad. I mean,. You're like half a ball spawn right now. Moving on. <laughs> so as one would imagine, Ball, god of murder, lives only to hunt and kill. In fact, the mere presence of the living instills in him an overpowering desire for death and destruction. The band simply loves killing, uh, but he especially favors violent or ritual deaths. Uh, he is at all times cruel, violent, and hateful. Um, though his behavior can vary from cold and calculating ruthlessness to a savage thirst for blood. Um, but Bahal, or Baal, was not always a deity. In fact, he's one of the many Forgotten Realms deities who began life as immortal. Before his ascension to godhood, Baal was a power-hungry adventurer on Toril, along with his companions Bane and Miracle. I never, I never knew how to pronounce uh, this one. Is it Miracle? Miracle, Miracle, you know, either pick your way. poison. Okay. You're good right. either way. Thank you, sir. He sought to attain the portfolio of the god of the dead, Jurgle. All three of these guys eventually do attain godhood, but there is no way these guys were given these supervillain names at birth. <laughs> There's just no way. Merkel, Jurgle, and Bane? It was Merkel, Bane, and Ball. 
Oh, um, wait. Gerbil's the Bane. god that, they're, that oh, they I want see, to take the duty okay. from. What, yeah, what did no, you have, Bane, Bane? Bane and Ball probably didn't start off with those names. Merkul, though, he that's that that's actually his first name. He was a oh. crown prince uh, from out in a far east nation of Faerun called Murgalm. And uh, I forget his full name, but any in any case, that's his actual first name. But okay. Ball and right. Bane, it's not actually spelled out, but I don't think those are their original names. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to name your kid Bane or Ball. <laughs> but uh, both, okay, cool. That's good to know. He did have the most name-like name, so there we go. Uh, all right. So who's ready for the, the tale of how the dead three ascended to godhood? I'm ready. Me. Okay. I'm going to do my best. Okay. You ready? Do you want me to read it? Uh, okay. Oh, do, do I want you to read it? That's a question. I could There's do, voice I could, acting in this one. I could do this. You got it. Go for it. Long ago, there was but one god of strife, death, and the dead. And he was known as Jurgel. Lord of the end of everything, Jurgle fomented and fed on the discord among mortals and deific entities alike. When beings slew each other in their quest for power or in their hatred, he welcomed them into his shadowy kingdom of eternal gloom. As all things died, everything came to him eventually. And over time, he built a kingdom unchallenged by any other god. But he grew tired of his duties, for he knew them too well. And without challenge, there is nothing. And in nothingness, there is only gloom. In such a state, the difference between absolute power and absolute powerlessness is undetectable. In case anyone's wondering, this is a direct excerpt from Sword Coast's Adventurer's Guide. <laughs> During this dark era arose three powerful mortals, Bane, Baal, and Markul. Is that how we're saying it? Yeah, go for Markul? it. Markul? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I always want to I want to say Michael. <laughs> I don't know. Mer Merkel. Uh, who, okay, let me just start that over. That was a bad tangent. During this dark era rose three powerful mortals, Bane, Baal, and Merkel, who lusted after the power Jurgle possessed. The trio forged an unholy pact that they would gain such ultimate power or die in the attempt. Over the length and breadth of the, they, of the world they strode, seeking powerful magic and spells and defying death at every turn. No matter what monster they confronted or what spells they braved, the three mortals emerged unscathed at every turn. Eventually, the trio journeyed into the Grey Waste and sought out the Castle of Bone. Through armies of skeletons, legions of zombies, and hordes of wraiths, and a gauntlet of liches, they battled. Eventually, they reached the object of their lifelong quest, the Bone Throne, <laughs> baby. What's it say, baby? Is that where you the make your ball The Bone Throne, spot? baby. <laughs> That's like some 80s fucking comedy where you walk in and it's like, this is a bone throne. This is where I sit. I love it. It's I love serious this. business. It's, it's his bone throne. Keep it straight. <laughs> I claim this throne of evil. Bane the tyrant shouted to Jurgle. I'll destroy you before you can raise a finger, threatened Ball the assassin, and I shall imprison your essence for eternity, promised Merkel the necromancer. Jurgle arose from his throne with a weary expression and said, I've been boning for so long. <laughs> no, he just said, the throne is yours. I have grown weary of this empty power. Take it if you wish. I promise to serve and guide you as your, uh, what's this word? Seneschal. <laughs> I know. You got it. it. You okay. got it. As your Seneschal until you grow comfortable with the position. Oh, wow. That's kind of scary. Uh, then before the stunned trio could react, the Lord of the Dead asked, who among you shall rule? The trio immediately fell to fighting among themselves while Jurgle looked on with indifference when eventually it appeared that either they would all die of exhaustion or battle on for an eternity, the lord of the end of everything intervened. After all you have sacrificed, would you come away with nothing? Why don't you divide the portfolios of the office by engaging in a game of skill for them? Asked Jurgle. Sounds like a trick. Bane, Baal, and Mirkil considered the god's offer and agreed to it. So Jurgle took the skulls of his three most powerful liches and gave them to the trio so they could compete in skull bowling. Each mortal rolled a skull across the gray waste, having agreed that the winner would be he who bowled the farthest. <laughs> this is awesome. This is pretty cool. This story is fucking metal. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Malar the Beast Lord arrived just out of nowhere. Just to visit Jurgle right then. 
After quickly ascertaining that the winner of this contest would receive all of Jurgle's power, he chased off after the three skulls to make sure that the contest would be halted until he had a chance to participate for part of the prize. Bane, Ball, Merkel again fell to fighting as it was obvious their sport had been ruined, but again Jurgle intervened. <laughs> God damn it, Malar, what the fuck? Okay. Oh, why don't you allow Lady Luck to decide so you don't have to share with the beast? The trio agreed to this alternative, and Jurgle broke off his skeletal finger bones and gave them to the contestants. When Malar returned from chasing the skulls, he found that the trio had just finished a game of knuckle bones, whatever that is. Diggy, do you got anything on that? What's knuckle bones, man? I think knuckle bones is just they were dicing to see who would win. That's pretty much it. Yeah, gotcha, that's the impression gotcha. I got as well. Okay, knuckle bones. Like dice. This is so much better than you're reading it. <laughs> I'm loving this. Happy to, happy to. Bane cried out triumphantly, As winner, I choose to rule for all eternity as the ultimate tyrant. I can induce hatred and strife at my whim, and all will bow down before me while in my kingdom. That's a weird thing to say. Uh, for just, like, he's just like a mortal guy, but I guess he's pretty evil. Huh? Oh, yeah, Bane's super evil. Well, okay, so what happens here is um, since Bane wins, he gets to pick which of the three domains yeah he's like is. i'm gonna be evil as fuck forever. he's like i'm grabbing the was it the tyrant uh domain is that the one he grabbed yeah ultimate tyrant yeah so i guess it's weird but it's he's super evil uh mercule who had one second place declared but i choose the dead and by doing so i truly win because all that you uh all that you are lord over bane i will will eventually be mine all things must die even gods uh, is that true i guess mm, in forgotten realms it's, it's more true. true huh yeah uh, Ball, who finished third, proclaimed, I choose death, and it is by my hand that all that you rule, Lord Bane, will eventually pass to Lord Mercul. Uh, both of you must pay honor to me and obey my wishes, since I can destroy your kingdom, Bane, by murdering your subjects, and I can starve your kingdom, Mercul, by staying my hand. Okay. Malar growled in frustration, but could do nothing, and so yet again only the beasts were left for him. And Jurgle merely smiled, for he had been delivered. And they decided that they would just put like a red tie on the door outside of the room with the bone thrown in it. So when each of they know when someone was using it. Gotta know, know when it's occupied. Yeah, because you don't want to walk in on that. I just gotta say, I love the inclusion of Malar in this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Malar is random you as fuck. Read up on Malar. He's got a real habit of just cropping up in the most random of places yeah. for whatever reason. This is a thing he does? Yeah, he's he's been involved <laughs> with Lolf before. He's involved in this story. He he just he gets around for whatever reason. Yeah, he's just yeah. Lolf's like <clears throat> killing somebody that like spoke out of turn or some shit like that, and then looks up and is like, "Oh shit, Malar, how long have you been on the ceiling, my guy? What's up? What's up with that?" <laughs> um. So so do you what do you think of this telling of the story? Obviously, this is a very gross simplification of their rise to power um is there anything you want to add to that um did you find anything out about how they went around like gaining divine essences before they went up to meet jurgle yeah there was something like there was something vague about them before. them slaying something about um it was something to do with a divine essence or a god but I wasn't sure what yeah. it was, and I didn't want to, I didn't really have time to to flesh it out. They were looking for the Castle of Bone. It, it's got a very kind of mythic kind of story to it. Mm -hmm. um, you almost kind of want to question the veracity of it, but I think it's legitimate. I think what like these things happened, and what's actually kind of funny about that story is um, in the older telling of that. Uh, story from an older source book it's a bit more metal because it describes how they go through and they just like annihilate jurgles like hosts of undead of liches and ghouls and things like that and rather than just like throwing like skulls they're throwing like the skulls of liches that they defeated that jurgle kind of like handed to them to like toss across the plains <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah they're they're not what's interesting about the dead three or the dark three whatever you want to call them is that they're like a very powerful former evil adventuring party who got who rep like reached the upper echelons of power. Right. And, and we get this little glimpse into it when they go and meet Jurgle just to kind of 
divvy out his portfolios because apparently he's too bored to be a god anymore but that's a whole other story (laughs) yeah that's a whole other story no no that's a good point because like obviously i think most of us are running adventures where like the party ranges anywhere generally speaking from neutral to good right Mm -hmm. but i've i've been in evil campaigns and you know they do get ran and yeah this is kind of the logical conclusion of an evil campaign of adventurers they they make it to the ultimate evil god and they either trick them or kill them or get offered the power and they take it. And now they're the evil deities of this realm. So yeah, I didn't really think about it in that context, but um, and what's, yeah, what's a fun story about it. It's cause it's almost like you can, in the case of the dungeon master running Jurgle in this instance, it's like throwing in that last second twist where your players are coming in thinking they're going in there to kill a God. And the mm-hmm. God's like, Hey, I'm bored with this. How about you boys just throw some skulls across this plane and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, he, like breaks them off yeah. the wall of his bone castle and just hands yeah. them out. I like that's that too. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good Why way of looking at Jurgle, it. Why is his name Jurgle though? Hmm? Why is his name Jurgle though? I I don't know if there's a specific reason. <laughs> no idea. I've never seen a reason for it. <clears throat> it's a weird name. So here's a question: Is Jurgle still around? Because it sounds like he's still around. Oh, Jurgle is very much around. He's Seneschal still to the uh, Lord of the Dead, uh, who's currently Kelimvor, but he's been in that position ever since he abdicated and uh, Merkul took over. So he's been in that position for centuries still. Does he seem to have an agenda or is he just kind of like playing, <coughs> excuse me, playing like the, uh, the observer? Jurgle very much has an agenda, though it's never like you know, spoken out or written out plainly to see. He's a a being who's long lived, who's playing like the ultimate long game. And what that might be is kind of up in the air at the moment. Okay. Are there are there any like prevailing theories? Because like he obviously stepped down from from major deitydom for a reason. Was it because like I'm just gonna throw this out there. Did he see the time of troubles coming? Um, I don't know if he saw so much the time of troubles coming, but there's some theories about Jurgle. One being he's uh formerly well not formerly, he was a creature known as a spell weaver, and his people died, and he's kind of the last remaining member of his species. And what he's trying to do, or it's speculated what he's trying to do is get the means to resurrect his people Hmm. so in a very kind of a roundabout way he's kind of gathering the pieces to maybe do that to make that a a reality okay so that's one possibility that's really interesting i didn't know that all right well i think we're ready to take a short rest before we finish off uh everything i got on bahal yeah let's take a little break and then when we come back we'll uh we'll talk to dig see what's up yeah that too Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. Yes, with Diggy. Hey, Ben. Hey, man. Hey, um, why don't you take a minute to tell us, uh, you know, everything about yourself pertinent to you and your show. Yeah, so a few years back, um, just on a whim, I decided that I would look up some information about the gods. And as I started accumulating more and more information, I was like, huh, maybe this would be interesting for people to hear about. And five years going on, I've been doing it. I've been putting out episodes about the different gods of the Forgotten Realms. Um if you are going to check out my show, please start with the more recent stuff. Do not go at the very beginning. <laughs> the audio quality is a bit rough, <laughs> but um, I have covered the Drow Pantheon. I did that first. Uh, now I'm well close to finishing the Faerunian Pantheon. Oh God, it's been forever. <laughs> it's a very big pantheon to cover, but I'm getting there. Um, I just put out an East episode on Kelimvor not too long ago and then I have an episode on Tolona coming out uh, the lady of poisons um I it's kind of a hobby more than it is a something I do professionally so the episodes come out when they come out uh, I like to say it's once a month in a like with a ballpark estimate it can vary wide like widely especially like for deity like Mistra, like there's an awful lot to have to go over oh, for Mistra. Mm -hmm. I'm um, having flashbacks. Yeah, that that episode's like an hour and forty five minutes long. So if you're interested, yeah, you can listen to that. I do break the episodes up in chapters though. So if you're just interested in learning about her church, there's a section. Go find the time code for it. Click on it, and then you can listen to it. Uh, so my show is Religion in the Realms. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's I don't do any like a uh, face cam or anything like that. It's all strictly audio. I do make a point that when let's just call them funky names come up, when I say a word that make doesn't make any sense in the English language, I will make a point of making a subtitle so it's spelled Whoa. out nicely for folks, nice. so you can actually see what the hell it is I'm saying. <laughs> so then if you're if you are interested, you can then like, I don't know, go on the Forgotten Realms wiki, shout out, like shout out to the Forgotten Realms wiki, big fans. Mm -hmm. um, you can go on there and like look those things up yourselves. Uh, so yeah, the show is on YouTube. Uh, the show is also on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all podcast those apps. good like podcatcher stuff. So <clears throat> Awesome, man. Yeah, we uh, recently been... Well, more recently, it's been pulled to my attention that you've been doing this, and I didn't realize for so long, but, um, you know, you've been modding in the Discord for, for quite a while, Indeed. so you're a familiar face anyway, and we've had you on for a game before, so that that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, it was. So th thanks so much again for um, for coming on. So, yeah, everybody, there's going to be links below if you guys <clears> want to <throat> check out Dick's stuff. And, yeah. Uh, go Go see it. Go check it out. Yeah, for right. sure. And if you have any questions, I mean, if you're on the Discord, like for the Dungeon Cast, just hit me up. Like, I'm always willing to talk about anything Forgotten Realms, not not just God stuff. Like, 
because when you learn about the gods, you have to learn about so much about the setting. So I can't help but know things that, you know, I otherwise wouldn't have an interest in looking up myself. So here's, here's a question. You said you were getting pretty close to being done with the Faroonian Pantheon. What plan, what do you, if any, do you have any plans for what you're going to do after that? There is a certain goddess whose episode needs to be redone. Mm. Um, I'm sure those of you who listen to my podcast, uh, you might be able to put two and two together as to who I'm insinuating when I say that. Um, let's just say um, when I covered her early on, I wasn't really fully in the know. And now that I kind of know my uh, know my information that much better, her episode does need to be addressed once again so her her episodes prior priority number one my intent is to kind of put it to my community uh what uh pantheon they want me to cover next um uh, i know a few offhand that i want to cover so it'd be like the dwarven pantheon elven pantheon uh gnome pantheon and then the orc pantheon and i'm going to see between those four which of those my community wants me to tackle first and then we'll go from there um i know how these things tend to go i know elves tend to be a bit more popular than most things true. so That's it probably will be the elven pantheon but we'll see it's a good pantheon it's a good one to cover so yeah, yeah will and i were laughing during the break about like uh, you know, you're bringing a lot of context that we lack, you know, when we cover mm -hmm. stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, I can tell that you're invested and you know what you're doing. So thanks again for coming on. Shall we continue onward? Yeah. And speaking of context, earlier, Ben, you mentioned the uh, novels that take place in the Moonshade Isles. Um, we're going to cover in very loose Dungeon Castian way <laughs> that section of Bahal's history. So let's go. Okay. Oh, don't don't worry, William. I when it comes to the novels, it's all over my head too. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's a tough. It's they're tough to follow. There's a lot of yeah. them. So, Balls or Bahal's reign of terror as a god is best defined by his absolute terrorization over the region of Faerun known as the Moonshade Isles. Um, here, Bahal's shape shifting avatar Kasgaroth emerged from a dark well and began combining. The Firbolgs and Northmen into a conquering army set on destroying all the realms of the folk. Now, the this folk is a is a proper noun. It has two Fs at the beginning, and the folk are, from my understanding, the main human population of the Moonshade Isles. Would you say that's right, Ben? Yeah, it's them, and then the uh, North Northlanders or Northmen, I believe. Uh, they're the the you can consider them almost like the Viking stand-ins, if you will. Oh, okay, I see. Oh, that makes sense, because, yeah, Fearbolgs in Forgotten Realms, when you go, like, before 5th edition, are a lot more Viking-esque as well. And here, Kazgrath is, like, oh, using cool. them into an army, yeah. Hmm. They're, like, giant kin, but they're very Viking-esque. Would you say that's correct, Ben? <laughs> um, I would likely, given out in the Moonshays, they are... Viking S, they're probably like Sea Raiders. I can't say for certain, but I think it's a, a fair guess. Okay. All right. Well, so Kazgrath comes out of Darkwell, starts raising an army, and even uses its powers to corrupt some of the Northmen, turning them into blood warriors who were bloodthirsty and extremely loyal to Kazgrath. Mm. Uh, this gambit ultimately fails, though, as Kazgrath was slain by the hero Tristan Kendrick and his allies. Bahal, or Ball, takes this personally and seeks to ravage and corrupt the Moonshade Isles after this. <laughs> Doesn't like the loss. No. Um, through one of his clerics, Bahal corrupts the Moonwell. Now, this is a sacred and powerful pool of water where the primal spirit of the Earth Mother dwelled. Uh, she was the patron deity and protector of the Moonshade Isles during this time. Uh, but Bahal turns this into a dark well via, via this corruption. He then forms an alliance with the Thayan wizard, uh, Sindre. I'm going to say Sindre. Sure, I have no idea either. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with Sindre. So, uh, forms an alliance with the Thayan wizard, Sindre. Uh, we were just talking about Thay, Brian, before the episode. It's a country run by red wizards. 
Necromancers yeah. mostly. It's run by the Lich. That's right. We that, were uh, in reference that, to a certain... Zaztam? Zaztam, that's his name. In reference to a certain movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was in reference to the D&D movie. The D&D movie came out. Also, I think this is our April Fool's episode. Well, technically, it's not out yet. I just saw a special screening. Oh, do you fucking... <laughs> Check your privilege. <laughs> I just... I was notified <laughs> of it, and I went. <laughs> if you guys want to know my... Uh, side note. If you guys want to know my opinion on the D&D movie... I went on a wonderful podcast called Cinema Jaw. I'll probably put the link in the description here and for the next couple episodes. Uh, when when it airs, you guys can go. And yeah, when is that? I'm on there. It's not out yet. because It's coming out soon, uh, within the week. Yeah. Okay, I cool. Think. So by the time... This airs. By the time this airs? I think. This, yeah, because this will be a, a week will have gone by since yes. that. So yes. Yes. Since, but, by the time this is aired, it is now exists in the world. Cinema Jaw podcast. Exactly. It's a wonderful podcast. Those guys are awesome. But let's get back to the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So the moon well with where the Earth Mother dwells gets turned into a dark well. Um, then the alliance with the wizard Sindre in the court of High King Reginald Parathel and raises an army of Sahuagin. Sahuagin? And the undead through the Sahuagin priest Yasala. Okay. The dark well turned into a cancerous wound on the earth that corrupted and killed anyone who came near it. Bahal used the Dark Will to summon forth the children of Bahal. Now, this is where I know context matters because what is said to have come out of this well are his children, not not to be confused with the ball spawn, <laughs> uh, which include Thorax the Owlbear, a flock of Peritons, and a displacer beast known as Shantu, which would lead them. Ben, please shine some light on this. Why is he spawning these magical creatures? Why are they sentient and intelligent enough to lead armies? Well, Peritone are, are real dangerous and sentient already, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. My best guess is there's primal spirits that serve the uh, Earth Mother out in the moonshades. Uh, one's a whale, one's a unicorn, and one's a wolf. Fuck yes. My, my guess is that this is Ball kind of uh, making creatures to oppose those oh, creatures directly I see um i do like i have that. not i haven't read those novels so i don't know for sure if that's the case but i imagine just knowing the context i know that's mm-hmm. probably why he did what he did that makes a lot of sense okay yeah because i'm like why is this dude spawning like sentient owl bears and displacer beasts when he's the god of the dead now this makes a lot more sense i love it all right so all this was done to destroy the earth mother and seize the moonshade isles as his personal domain on Toriel. As a god of murder uh, sucked out the warm life of the Moonshays through the Dark Well, the Earth Mother's strength continued to fade until her spirit was completely extinguished, ending her reign on the Isles. Baal's army of undead, Swahagan, Fearbolgs, Ogre mercenaries, and the children of, of Baal, not to be confused with Ballspawn, <laughs> led by proxies such as Yasala, wreaked havoc across the Isles by killing numerous people and raising settlements until they were finally defeated by the folk. United by the newly crowned king of the Isles, Tristan Kendrick. Man, he's got to hate this Tristan dude. He keeps coming for him. <laughs> Who's Tristan? Tell me about Tristan, Ben. Uh, Tristan Kendrick is the hero of the story. Uh, he's kind of a oh, what's the term? But he's kind of a kind of a a noble at the beginning of the story who's kind of just you know wenches and drinks to begin with ah. until he you know gets the call to action, the call to duty here. And it becomes high king of the uh, Moonshays after dealing with Ball and all this nonsense. <laughs> okay, cool. So his sword's uh, kind of like, like a really good fighter, really good leader. Oh wow! What was that? His sword is like Excalibur. Oh, cool. Okay, so he's he's very much the King Arthur Arthur kind of standing. In a sense, yeah. Okay. So the Darkwell at this point was corrupted enough to open a portal to Bahal's realm. Ball sent forth his avatar, the Ravager this time, not not Kasgarath. Kasgarath failed last time. Fueled by much of his divine power, but it was slain by Tristan. Fucking Tristan, man. <laughs> this dude. Dude, Tristan's, Tristan's kind of a badass. Will, can you do me a favor and click where you are in the notes? I, this is the first time I've ever lo- truly lost my Oh, you lost me. Okay, I've, yeah. I've clicked. Oh, I was so close. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, slain by Tristan, High King of the Folk, using, oh, here's the sword, Sword of Kirmrick Hugh? Hear me. It could be like Simric. Simric. I feel like Simric. It it the way it's spelt is it supposed to be like Welsh or similar? To yeah. Welsh? Uh, 
it's definitely of welsh uh origin the name but mm -hmm. i again i'm not welsh so i don't have any kind of context of how to pronounce that correctly yeah does that does that imply like the hard c up front or what i Likely. think my a very very limited experience with anything welsh but they have completely different ways of pronouncing letters that you and i would be familiar with in the english language there's somebody that knows that's like yeah right now mm -hmm. just like slapping their keyboard and screaming yeah. into their i mean i would love to i would please please slap away on the keyboard i want to know how it's pronounced i'm so gonna guess Kymrick. i mean Kymrick Hugh sounds good yeah it does yeah okay so uh so some stoned king tristan and Kymrick Hugh. tristan's a badass hell yeah he is <laughs> how high was the folk king so high. He was fucking in space. So high, they named him like the High King. God, this is a bad joke. Moving on. <laughs> Defeated and greatly weakened, Bahal was banished from the Moonshade Isles and even temporarily exiled from Daril. Um, Now we're going to jump ahead to the Time of Troubles, which I don't know if you remember anything about the Time of Troubles, Brian. Um, I know it's bad. So they doesn't the Pantheon get like exploded, kind of? Uh, yeah, that's a way to look at it. Essentially... um. I don't remember the details anymore, even though I talked about them in the mystery episode. That's but... how it goes, man. We don't like, I'm not running this at my table, you know? No, like, I'm not that's true. reading the novels. But so the information the, falls to the back. The high god of um, Forgotten Realms, Ao, I think is his name. That's uh, his name. Yeah, essentially is displeased with the way things are going and turns all the gods, except for, is it Helm? Yeah. So, yeah, so all he, it's all the gods in the Faerunian pantheon. Allegedly, there's some other gods from the other racial pantheons get tossed down to the surface, but they're not really touched on. Mm. But it's all the gods except Helm. Yeah, because Helm was the only one doing shit right, apparently. Okay, I like Helm. Um, Thanks, basically, Helm. it leads to a lot of gods dying and getting replaced by mortals. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember that. Yeah. Damn it, all I want to do is make weed jokes now. <laughs> I gotta yeah, stop. Damn it, right. <laughs> do you know the reason why AO kicked them all out? I, I don't remember, no. It's because uh, Ball's two buddies, Bane and Mercule, decide they're going to steal uh, their, you know, Big Pappy's Tablets of Fate and, uh, you know, learn how to become over gods themselves. And then oh. Ao like confronts all the gods. He gathers them all together, and he's like, "All right, what happened here?" And no one says anything. Oh. He's like, "All right, out you go, everyone except Helm." And uh, fight it out amongst yourselves. <laughs> You're all grounded. <laughs> he's like, "Anybody going to say anything? Huh? Nope." Oh, my watch is my watch is buzzing. Oh, it's trouble time. <laughs> yep. Uh oh. Everybody get the hell out of here. Except for you, Helm. Fist bump. And I know the, it wasn't you. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that Ball probably would have been in, you know, in league with Bane and Mercule if he wasn't, you know, still reeling from being fucked up by Tristan. Right. <laughs> Damn it, Tristan. So it's all yep. Tristan's fault. <laughs> or in a way, Tristan probably saved the world because if Bahal had been there to help them, maybe they would have succeeded. Is that what you're that, implying? It very much could be the case. You never know. Yeah. Go, Tristan. <laughs> Moving on. So during the time of troubles, uh, Bahal, like all the other deities, was stripped of all his power and forced to walk Faerun as a mortal. Uh, Bahal was slain by the upstart mortal, Sirik, who will get his own episode because mm. I know a lot of people want to know Are about Sirik. Sure it's not Welsh? I'm pretty sure it's Sirik. Ben. It's Sirik. It's Sirik. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Oh, I hate Sirik. Oh, yes. Oh, he's so hateable. He is so hateable. He's a great villain. Um, so oh yeah, upstart mortal Sirik. Using the avatar of Mask, a sword named Godsbane. I don't really have context for that stuff. Um, I know Mask is a god, a god of yeah. thieves. Yep, he's got thieves. So essentially, most of the gods, when they came down to the surface as uh, avatars, they all came down as like humanoid uh, aspects of themselves. Mm -hmm. Mask, for some reason, decided he was going to come down as a a sword. I mean, I think that's brilliant. Like, you're not gonna you're gonna do the killing. You're not gonna do the dying if you're the sword. Yeah, hey, it makes sense for Mask. Yeah, definitely. Um. Okay, so that's good to know. In doing this, Sirik stole Bahal's divinity and portfolio elements. However, much like Mirkul, or Merkel, who invested his divine essence in the artifact known as the Crown of Horns, Bahal was not utterly removed from Faerun. Part of his divinity remained in the winding water around, oh, that's a word, Boreskir Bridge, where he was slain, his blood having flowed into the river. More importantly, Bahal foresaw his death and impregnated many mortal women, Jeez. creating his heirs, the Ball Spawn. Oh, God, they're back. Oh, no! 
The wall spawn were evolved in a series of conflicts along the Sword Coast, with one standing above the others and ultimately foiling Ball's plan to return through his children. I'm now guessing that this is part of those Baldur Gates games. Am I right? You then? got it. So, so canonically, your character is supposed to choose the path where they overcome the fact that they're a ball spawn. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. The character's canonical name is Abdul Adrian. It's a bit of a funky name, but that's his yeah. name, apparently. Okay. So, Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, whoever they are, they're more than just a ball spawn. Definitely. Uh, sounds like part of the plot. Definitely. As a matter of fact, that's the least fact about them. Moving on. Oh, maybe it sounds familiar because you wrote it in your notes in the next paragraph. Ah, that's why it sounds familiar. <laughs> for a time, it was believed that any possibility for Bahal's resurrection had been stopped. The last known ball spawn, Abdel Adrian, resisted the murderous impulses caused by his lineage and became a famed and beloved figure in the city of Baldur's Gate. In the year of the Narthax murders, I don't have context for what that is, near the beginning of the era known as the Second Sundering, I do know what that is. <laughs> another ball spawn was, oh, v- Viking, another ball spawn who was thought to be dead, attacked Adrian as he spoke to a crowd in the portion of town known as the Wide. While the ultimate winner of the duel is unknown, the victor transformed into a massive blood-soaked creature and began rampaging. Began a rampage that was only stopped when a group of adventurers new to Baldur's Gate defeated and killed the monstrosity. Now, I actually have a fair amount of context for this because when 4th edition, the 5th edition, when when 4th when edition was becoming 5th edition, mm-hmm. there was this big Forgotten Realms event called the Sundering. Mm-hmm. Um, and... During, I want to say it was during D&D Next, which was like the playtest, mm-hmm. they had a Baldur's Gate adventure, uh, which was the Sundering, in which you literally see this happen. It's like how the adventure opens. You're in Baldur's Gate. Ooh. That's why the name's familiar to me, because this dude's doing a speech, and then he gets attacked, and then there's chaos, and now there's a monster. Yeah, because it, it says you don't know who wins, but it doesn't matter, because doesn't matter. the other one becomes a monster. They're both ball spawn. They're both ball spawns. You got anything uh, to talk, to add to this? The Sundering? Um, if I could just offer a bit of a correction. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, please. please. Uh, the adventure is called Murder in Baldur's Gate. Okay. Uh, the overarching kind of fun- like a event that's transpiring right now is called the Sundering or the Second Sundering. Oh, okay. So that's right all. now, the Second Sundering is happening? Yes. Like, this is one of the events that kicks it off. This is like 1482 Dale Reckoning. So, with all of his children dead, all of Bahal's essence was freed, allowing it for his resurrection. Bahal was revived and reclaimed the murder domain from Sirik. I'd like to know how he did that. However, the Lord of Murder was no longer a true deity and was instead a being of quasi-divine status. As with Bane and Miracle, he was effectively a mortal. Now, is quasi-divine better than, like, demigod? It's less. It's even less? Yes. It's quarter instead of half. Yep. That's what, I mean, that's what I thought, but you never know. So, what do you got on this, Ben? Like, how did number one? How did he get his portfolio back from Sirik? And what are the details of his resurrection slash quasi divine status? So, how he got his portfolio back? There's no narrative to speak to that. It's more. With the advent of the Second Sundering, the return of so many gods, I guess Wizards of the Coast saw it appropriate just to kind of reincorporate uh, deities in their former positions. So Ball just shows back up, and he gets regains his portfolio from from Sirik just because. And I really don't have any other better answer than that. It's just a hand wave, basically. Yeah, it's like a, exactly. it's like a hard cut and say, okay, I'm back, baby. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. it yeah he he didn't fight Sirik for it he didn't steal it from Sirik. he just because he came back he's got it again and is Sirik is still a major deity right he's not, he's not even a lower deity he's a higher deity right well uh deity ranks in fifth edition are a bit you know not as clear as they were in previous editions but yes he's very likely still a greater deity okay <clears throat> yeah that'll be a fun episode brian because Sirik his plot to basically take over the universe was pretty interesting. Okay. (laughs) So, um, okay. Now let's get a little bit into his clergy. Um, The clergy of Bahal in Faerun are known as Bahalist or Bahalin or Ballist or Ballin. They're Ballin. They're Ballin. 
Uh, it's Ballin. Let's just go with Ballin because it sounds better. Yeah, no, we'll go with Ballin. Better. It sounds way better. The latter being used more commonly in the lands east of the Dragon Reach. Together, they are a disorderly network of local hierarchies with the urban and rural branches maintaining distant relations from one another. Collectively, they believe that murder is both a duty to their god and a game for their enjoyment. Ballists or Ballins believe that every murder committed strengthens holy ball. Ballists are required to deal death once in every 10 day during the darkest period at the heart of the night, which I'm pretty sure means midnight. They have to murder someone every 10 days? At a very specific time. So if they get it, they get it wrong. They got to do it again. That's uh, that's super ritualistic, right? Yes. Okay. Am I right in guessing that it means midnight when it says the darkest period at the heart of the night? (laughs) I... I would imagine that's indeed the case. I don't think it's like a proper noun in the realms. Like high sun in the realms is noon. Uh, they can't just call it noon for whatever reason, but I would imagine that's probably midnight. Oh, is that why it's worded that way? Because they don't actually have a midnight as a term? It's quite possible. I don't know for sure. Interesting. Okay. So if imprisonment or other constraining circumstances makes this 10-day murder impossible, they must murder twice for each death missed. So on the next 10 day, they do they col- a double. Interest is collected on these missed deaths. Wait, interest is collected? I thought they'd just like make it up on the next one. Is that not? No, no, they have to more than make it up. They like must murder so twice for, for each every murder that's death. missed. Oh, so on the next, by the next one, they owe three. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, where was I? Uh, in accordance with the Lord of Murder's teachings. Start that sentence over if you could. Man, it's really hit me. Um, in accordance with the Lord of Murder's teachings, Ballins strive to ensure that before they die, the the victim that is, the murder victims know who is killing them and that their death is in the name of Ball. Very important. <laughs> Skip that part. You got to do it all Ball. over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let your killings be essentially. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. Novices of Ball are charged as follows. <clears throat> Make all folk fear ball. Let your killings be especially elegant or grisly or seem easy so that those observing them are awed and terrified. Tell folk that gold proffered can make the Lord of Murder overlook them for today. (laughs) That was cool. (laughs) Um, A holy evil debased and sadistic god, Ball, is reviled by a majority of the pantheon. His divine foes include uh, Shantea, Helm, Ilmatter, Lathander, Lyria, or is it Lyra? 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 Or Lyra? In tier. Is it L-E-I-R-A or L-L-I-I-R-A? That one, L-L-I-I-R-A. That is Lyra. Ooh, I got it right the first time. Nice. <clears throat> but he is served by the goddesses Tolona, the Lady of Poison, Mistress of Disease, and Mother of All Plagues. And Loviatar, the evil goddess of agony. Now, that confused me because I'm pretty sure she is, or at least she was, the wife of Bane. So, is this information incorrect? Or does she do both? Is she married to Bane but also serves Ball? She, those two probably don't serve Ball anymore. Okay. That's, that's, that's true from like a second edition, first edition back. Okay. Um, given Ball's current status as a, as you said earlier, quasi power, I don't think Talona and uh, Loviatar really want to, you know, have yeah, anything he's to under do with them him. But I imagine they're still some tie to some degree. Right. I mean, they still know him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, and he, and he in turn serves Bane and to a lesser extent Miracle. Yeah, Bane is the kind of leader of those three. Yeah, yeah, the tyrant. He's he's the the one that I knew about before I knew anything about Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. He was yep. he was even uh, one of the main deities in the fourth edition uh, pantheon, which was its own separate thing. Um, but yeah, that's all I have on on Ball. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any questions, comments, or anything to add. Yeah, um, just a. I, I don't think we addressed it. I think you asked me like, why is uh, Ball a quasi power at the moment? Oh yeah. Um, so you wouldn't know it, 
because uh, Wizards of the Coast does not do a good job of explaining lore when they even present lore. Um, but if you are familiar with Descent into Avernus, there's a little section at the book, section at the back of the book that talks about Baldur's Gate specifically. And they talk about the uh, Dead Three, uh, that being Ball, Mercule, and Bane, and how they aren't traditional gods anymore. They've abdicated their position. Uh, they are on the mortal plane somewhere in Baldur's Gate doing something. Hmm. Um, there's a video that speaks to this that should have been, it should, there should have been a write-up in, included in like Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide about this, but <laughs> it is what it is. But it's a video where um, Chris Perkins is being... He's talking about how these three have disregarded the divine mandate. And he uses that term specifically uh, to kind of, it's more or less kind of a, a way to signal the gods are keeping their noses out of meddling with the mortals. Like, and in a way, they're trying to frame that. So for the current edition, fifth edition, um, we're not seeing the gods being front and center in the uh, machinations on like uh, the storyline, the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, like they used to be. Like they used to be, especially like the Time of Troubles and uh, third edition with Shar and all that. But I believe, and this is just speculation on my part, these three gods, Bane, Mercule, and Baal, are going to be involved in the plot of Baldur's Gate 3. That video game's coming out right uh, August of this year. It's been in playtest for a long time. Yeah. Um, I say that only for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is anyone familiar with the uh, cards that got released for Magic the Gathering, the two uh, uh, tie-in series for Dungeons and Dragons? There's cards for those three gods: uh, Bane, Mercule, and uh, Ball. I don't want to get too deep into the spoilers of that game, but I'll say if anyone's interested, they can. There's a organization in that game called the Absolute. Hmm. Take the symbol of the Absolute, then compare it to the three holy symbols for those gods. Oh. This is something that people have already picked up on, but you might be able to draw some conclusions. And I think. In some respects, these three are going to rear their ugly heads in that game. Yeah, I think that tracks, especially considering it just like we said, what was in Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 2, like the main character was Ballspawn. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I think you're right. Cool theory. What about you, Brian? You got anything? <clears throat> um, this is this is cool. I like. It's hard to follow like Forgotten Realms, just like cold turkey going in, you know. Right. I'll research mm. Forgotten Realms stuff for like if I want to use certain Forgotten Realms stuff for a game, then I'll I'll go and, and jump in and do research. But here at the Dungeon Cast, we're more like a zoomed out sort of like here's here's what you need for your. We're game setting agnostic. Can, yeah, and you can you can go and dive into Forgotten Realms, you know, further from there if you know you really need those details. Um, you know, you may need that, you may not. Um, but this is this is cool. I like Ball a lot. Yeah, he's, he's fun. He's funny. It's like, funny in a horrifying you gotta way. You got to go murder once a week. That's so strange. He's, he's fun in the way that the demon lords are fun. Right. You know, <laughs> just like ridiculous in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just over the top evil. Yeah, yeah. over the top evil. I game. love it. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, I think we could get ready for a long rest. No, if you we guys. We do that here. We just talked. Oh, yeah. We just talked to Dig. I mean, we do do that here, but not when we have a guest. I forget long rests don't happen on these ones. Now nah, we'll just do it after. Um, Dig, you want to go over your stuff one more time, let people know where they can find you? Yeah, sure. So I run a podcast called Religion in the Realms. It's a deity-focused podcast, specifically the gods of the Forgotten Realms. Um, I put the episodes up on YouTube. There's You can find my podcast feed on iTunes, uh, Spotify, all the you know various different podcatchers. Um, I put out the episodes when they're good and ready. I don't really follow a schedule. It's when they're done, they're done. So I respect that. No, a lot. Totally. That's a, 
understandable. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome, man. We're going to link all that stuff down below. Um, I want to say thanks again for everything you do for us. Uh, of not just for coming on the show, but for um, all the work that you do in the Discord. I and also, that. I would like to formally apologize for my post in looking for a game. I didn't realize I was breaking a rule. <laughs> I'll put myself on blast here. Will pinged everyone. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. It was earth shaking. I'll tell you what. I found a DM, though. <laughs> yep. But I'm that's sorry. I'm sure I really you am. Will. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you, William. Okay. Oh boy. Let's let's not let's not go there. Anymore. All right. Let's go. Let's not go deeper into that. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's uh, that's everything then. Yeah. Um, you know, check us out on Patreon if you're looking to support the show further than you already have. And without uh, without y'all support, we wouldn't be where we are. So thank you for listening. Um, and I think we can call it a game. Yeah. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.